the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sponsored by the Law Office of Robert Bergman. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. This is your host, estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, broadcasting from my palatial studio, meaning my office here in San Jose, California. Not so palatial after all. Maybe I was exaggerating a little bit there. Um, This is the first show of the new year, 2019. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday season. I hope you remember where you were when the ball dropped on New Year's Eve and that you weren't, um, hadn't filled up with so much champagne you had no idea where you were at. I spent a quiet evening at home with my family. I went to bed, uh, but my wife and my my two young daughters decided to stay up until the bitter end to see the ball drop, which meant that none of them were able to really function coherently the next day. I'm the only one. I, I got up. I actually came into my office and did some work. I've been meeting with people throughout the week uh, with various things. <clears throat> so... Uh, so uh, actually, sometimes attorneys actually don't take time off at the holidays. They keep on working, and I'm one of those that often keeps on working. Speaking of keeping on working, tomorrow morning in my office here will be the first seminars of the new year. My Living Trust Seminar starting at 9 a.m. in my office here in San Jose. And then at, I believe, uh, later on at 11 o'clock, will be my Retirement Plan Trust Seminar. Uh, These are independent seminars. First one deals with living trust planning and why do we do it. And then the second one deals with special estate planning for those of you out there who have significant retirement plans like IRAs and 401Ks and 403Bs and things like that. A lot of people don't realize that those are a unique kind of asset And because of that, sometimes unique estate planning needs to be done to properly pass them on in a way that is going to be protective of of your family when they receive them from you. I uh, am taking shows live on the air today. If you'd like to give me a call, it's 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. My um, operator... Marco is standing by to take your calls, and he'll pass through to me that someone's on the line should you give me a call today. I'm in the process right now of finishing up or putting the finishing touches on my newly revised Consumer Guide to Wills Living Trust and Estate Plan. It's California-specific. It'll be my 2019 edition. 
And besides doing some rewriting and adding in some, uh, hopefully some clearer language and explanations, I'm going to be adding in discussions of the uh, asset protection planning that I do in my practice using a special type of irrevocable trust that is abbreviated IPUG for Irrevocable Pure Grantor Trust, special kind of trust where you can actually give property away so that it's no longer owned by you, providing asset protection if you get sued, but you could still get the income from that property as one option, or you could forego the income and you could um, have the ability to decide who the beneficiaries of this trust are, so you could change those in the future. This is a special type of irrevocable trust planning that is not done by many people here in California, and it's actually a form of asset protection planning that can be done in California where you normally can't get things like that done. Now, I want to say right now, um, I have worked up a seminar on that subject. I will likely be advertising that seminar in the next 30 days or so. So you can go to my website at lawbob.com. Watch for that. Uh, you can email me at radio at lawbob.com, and I'll be happy to put you on my email distribution list to let you know about upcoming seminars, when they're happening, and where they're happening. And also, if you email me at radio at lawbob.com, I'll be happy to provide you with a current copy of my California Consumer Guide, the 2018 edition, and then follow up with the 2019 edition once it's finished and ready to go. So if you'd like a copy of of my Consumer Guide, email me at radio at lawbob.com, and I can get one out to you pretty quickly. So those of you who may be tuning in for the first time, you're probably wondering who is who is this attorney, Bob Bergman? Where does he come from? What's he all about? Uh, so I'm planning on taking most of the show today to kind of revisit things I covered in the very first broadcast that I had of this show um, several months ago now. I can't remember specifically when. I think March of last year when I broadcast my first show. Kind of let you know a little bit about me, my background, and my philosophy and approach as an estate planning attorney. Um, I've lived here in the San Francisco Bay Area now for 50 years, just over 50 years. I moved here with my mother and father after my father retired from the Air Force, where he had spent about 28 years as a meteorologist and in the Air Weather Service and then also as a pilot in World War II. My dad actually went into the Army Air Corps before it became the Army Air Force. And, uh, and so he served in World War II. He was in the Air Force through Korea and through Vietnam Retired in 1968, moved the family out here. Originally lived in Sunnyvale, where I went to um, uh, high school or junior high in Sunnyvale. Then I went to St. Francis High School in Mountain View, California. Go Lancers! Um, and then after that, went on to uh, Berkeley for a year, then De Anza College, where I got my AA, then on to San Jose State, where I got my BA. And then went on to Santa Clara Law School, where I got my JD or Juris Doctor degree. 
uh, took and passed the California Bar in 1980, and I've been practicing as an attorney since 1980 here in the South San Francisco Bay Area with about a two-and-a-half-hour, or excuse me, a two-and-a-half-year break where I stepped down from practicing law and went to work as a vice president and business development officer for Comerica Bank Institutional Trust Department in Palo Alto. So for about two and a half years, I did business development throughout the state of California for Comerica Bank for their trust department. And then uh, after uh, finishing there, I decided to return to the practice of law. Uh, And when I returned to the practice of law, I went back into estate planning where I'd been for many years beforehand and went through the time and effort to become board certified by the State Bar Board of Legal Specialization. So I'm a board certified specialist in estate planning, trust, and probate law. And uh, that's there's not a lot of attorneys who do estate planning that are actually board certified. So that's something I tell people I worked longer and harder and spent more time and effort becoming board certified than I did going to law school and studying and passing the bar exam. So I'm very proud of that fact. And because of that, I practice at probably a higher level than most attorneys that do wills and living trusts and things like that. So um, shortly we're going to be coming up on the first break of the show. Um, But before then, I just want to let you know that after the break, I'm going to talk about the different types of planning that I do uh, so that you can see if there's something in there that might be of value to you or a family member or friend, neighbor, or coworker, or just anyone you happen to come across who's looking for assistance in this vital area. Um, I've been doing this a long time now. It's all I do as an attorney, and I want to share with you in the remainder of the show some of the things I do as an attorney so you can understand uh, just what's in estate planning. So until after the first break, this is attorney Bob Bergman. I'll talk with you after the break. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. Before the break, I introduced a little bit about myself, tell you a little bit about what I do as an attorney, a little bit about my background, kind of to continue on with that. um, Besides being a practicing attorney in my uh, past here in the the Valley here, I have been a real estate broker. I have been general counsel for a residential real estate company where I trained agents, reviewed all the contracts, things like that, and basically uh, kept everybody out of trouble. Because real estate can be a very troubling area, uh, easy to make mistakes there when buying and selling properties. Um, I have sold insurance and securities as a registered representative at uh, New England Financial and later MetLife. Uh, I was a financial planner at MetLife. And even though I don't practice in these areas anymore in financial services, I do speak the various languages of those professions, which makes it easier for me to actually deal with 
uh, people in those professions when I'm working with them in reference to helping out um, our mutual clients accomplish the goals that they're trying to accomplish. So that's kind of my general background right, right there. Um, I've been practicing as a sole practitioner for most of my legal career, which means that I am um, I do not have any partners. I don't work in a larger firm. Even though I practice as a solo or sole practitioner, I belong to two different attorney organizations that specialize in estate planning that enable me to have access to the collective wisdom and insights of several thousand attorneys across the country who um, help me to be a better estate planning attorney, but I'm also able to help some of them with the situations that they're facing. Um, One of the groups is called Wealth Council, with over 5,000 member attorneys and over 2,500 firms across the country. And the other is called Lawyers with Purpose, or what we call LWP, a smaller organization, but one that focuses primarily on asset protection planning and um, Medicaid planning, which is Medi-Cal planning here in the state of California. Most of the country, uh, when they're talking about Medicaid planning, they're very limited in what they can do. Here in California, we have a lot more freedom and flexibility to do detailed Medi-Cal planning that can actually preserve some or some cases all of the assets that someone has from being lost spending for nursing home costs, for example. And both of those member organizations uh, enable me to practice at a very high level because both of them have proprietary drafting software that I use in creating all the plans that I do. They also have uh, very active uh, communities in the groups, uh, online communities, listservs, things like that, where we exchange ideas, suggestions, issues that come up in our practice, situations we're facing where we've never seen it before, and chances are someone else has seen something like it. I find that being part of those organizations enables me to practice at a much higher level. And even though I'm a solar practitioner, I'm not really practicing alone in a vacuum because I have access to thousands of colleagues, thousands of attorneys like myself around the country who um, can help me and I can help them as well. It's kind of like being part of a law firm with several thousand estate planning attorneys. And uh, because of that, um, I do draft, for the most part, customized estate plans for people. Uh, The most common thing that I do is a living trust-based estate plan. And I actually do two different levels of planning for that. I have what I call my standard living trust estate plan, which, and I call it my standard because most of my clients end up doing it, so it's kind of the standard planning for me. The standard living trust estate plan involves um, custom drafted living trust, powers of attorney, advanced health care directives, uh, other supporting legal documents that are part of the plan, but primarily is focused on making sure that we have the maximum estate tax savings, income tax savings, and real property tax savings 
for California real estate, and then making sure that the inheritance passed between spouses could be done in an asset-protected manner, or if not then, when it's passed on to the next generation, passed on in an asset-protected manner, what I call castle trust planning. In other words, leaving an inheritance in a trust kind of like a castle to protect the inheritance, and then making sure that that inheritance is used to take care of the beneficiary of the trust for his or her lifetime, and in the process providing a high level of asset protection for any claims coming against that beneficiary during their lifetime, like um, um, monetary claims, failed business claims, malpractice claims, all kinds of things like that that could be have the inheritance sheltered inside this castle. This is why most of my clients do this type of planning, because they want to make sure that what they leave to their children or grandchildren or others can be protected from monetary claims against those people. Divorcing spouses, for example, that's another issue. Or if someone is a special needs person, making sure that their inheritance is not completely used up before the government might help that person out. That is my standard planning. Um, And then my simplified living trust estate plan pretty much says, leave everything outright to my heirs and beneficiaries. There's no specific tax planning of any kind, whether it's estate tax planning, income tax planning, or real property tax planning here in California. It's designed to quickly and efficiently pass property on to the next generation. Both types of living trust plans are intended to avoid conservatorship during someone's lifetime, meaning um, avoiding the need to go to court to have someone put in charge of you and your property to handle it for you, and then also to avoid the entire probate process at death so that you don't have to have your property go through court, spend several months, thousands upon thousands of dollars, have it be completely public, and then have everybody know what you owned, who you owed, who it's going to, their names and addresses, and exactly what they're getting, which is kind of a brief summary of what probate is. So both types of living trust-based estate plans avoid conservatorship and probate The simplified plan just passes things on as quickly and efficiently as possible, and the standard plan is designed to pass things on in an asset-protected manner, what I call castle trust planning. So we're coming up on the the, uh, mid-show break in about another 30 seconds or so. So um, after the break, I'm going to come back and talk about some other types of estate planning tools I use in my practice that you might find of interest and that might very well apply to you or someone you know. So until uh, after the break, this is attorney Bob Bergman, and I'll talk with you in a few more minutes. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back, Bay Area. Before the break, I was talking about the types of living trust-based estate planning that I do in my practice. 
I'm not going to do a recap of that. If you're just tuning in, you can always go to kdow.biz and look for the podcast for today. Uh, it should be rebroadcast um, at, at any time, streaming uh, later on today. It should be available, so you can always listen to it then or direct somebody else to it. And uh, this show will um, is supposed to be rebroadcast tomorrow, Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock on KDOW. So if you missed the first part, you should be able to listen to it tomorrow afternoon as well at 3 o'clock. Now, before the break, again, I was talking about the types of living trust planning that I do. That is probably most of what I do in my practice is what's called foundational estate planning, uh, planning to avoid conservatorship and probate and maybe provide asset protection for an inheritance being passed on. But there are other types of planning that I do in my practice, not as frequently, but uh, oftentimes... They can be even uh, more important for many families, depending on what types of assets that they own. The first one, which is uh, probably the simplest to explain, is uh, irrevocable life insurance trust planning. Now, many people uh, know, you know, if you have life insurance, one thing to know, if you have life insurance, when it pays out to someone that is generally free from income tax, it will be free from federal estate tax if your total value of your estate is less than the current federal estate tax exclusion amount, which right now here in January of 2019 is $11,400,000. And I think most people listening to me probably don't have an estate that's over that amount. Some of you may, but I think most of, most of us, myself included, don't have an estate that is anywhere near that amount. So we're not worried about the federal estate tax. The irrevocable life insurance trust in the past was a trust set up, irrevocable meaning it can't be changed, typically set up so that the trust itself could buy life insurance on the lives, life or lives of the the person or people who set up the trust, either an individual or sometimes a married couple. And then the life insurance would have... uh, would be paid by monies gifted to the trust to pay for the premiums. And then when the insurance pays out, it would pay into this irrevocable trust instead of paying to the estate of or outside of the trust, effectively through the estate of the person who created the insurance. Because the insurance, once it's in the trust, is not owned by the person who created the trust or the person who's insured. Because of that, it's not part of their taxable estate, which means it's not subject to federal estate tax, but it's also not potentially subject to creditors' claims in their estate because it never passes through their estate or is touched by their estate at any time at debt. The irrevocable life insurance trust can be used to create wealth for family members after a parent or or someone else has died by having the trust created and then funded by the life insurance, which then pays out when the insured person dies. So it can be very useful at times to create um, an asset-protected fund that can then be used to care for someone. Um, It could be used with a supplemental needs trust for a special needs person. 
so that um, at the person's death, now this supplemental needs trust is funded with life insurance proceeds that can be used to care for the special needs person. So there's still a lot of uses for the irrevocable life insurance trust, even though the estate tax reason we did it in the past has kind of gone. Um, But if that's something you might be interested in, feel free to contact me. You can call me at 408-247-0444. You could email me at radio at lawbob.com, and I'll be happy to start up a conversation with you about whether or not that's something that could be useful or beneficial to you and your family. Another type of irrevocable trust planning that I do in my practice, although very infrequently, is called the charitable remainder trust or the charitable trust. Um, This is basically set up by someone who has a very heavily appreciated asset like a rental property or they have stock that they bought a long time ago and it's gone up you know, $100 a share, and if they were to sell that asset, they would have big capital gains tax on the money that they made. Uh, Some people say, you know, well, I'm a landlord. I've got this rental property. It's fully depreciated, meaning that I've taken every tax benefit I can get out of it. If I were to sell it, I'd have to pay capital gains tax on 100% of the sale proceeds because of depreciation recapture. I'm not going to explain what that is. Look up depreciation recapture and you'll find out what I'm talking about. But instead, this same person could say, you know what, I'd like to sell that property and reinvest the proceeds in something else to generate a better income and where I don't have to be a landlord and things like that. Enter the charitable remainder trust. You could take the charitable remainder trust, create it, transfer ownership of that property, which could also include appreciated stock, into there, and then the trust sells it and pays no income tax because the trust properly set up qualifies as a charity. And you get a charitable deduction based on the present value of the future gift to charity of whatever's left in there, um, and But you also get to have an income coming to you, which could be for up to 20 years. It could be for your lifetime. It could be a fixed dollar amount. It could be a variable dollar amount. There's a lot of different types of charitable trusts, and I'm not going to go into the different types today. But it's a way to actually take an asset that's going to cost you a lot of taxes, convert it to an asset that's not going to cost any taxes, allowing you to reinvest all of the net proceeds right away to generate different income, diversify, things like that. And when you take the charitable deduction you can get, that can offset some or all of the income coming out of this trust to you for maybe three, four, five years. Now, a lot of people will take a charitable trust and they'll use the income from that charitable trust to pay for the life insurance in a life insurance trust And the life insurance is intended to replace the value of what was given away to the charitable trust. You know, a million-dollar duplex, a million-dollar life insurance, or maybe even a $2 million life insurance. So that when the person dies, the charity gets what's in the charitable trust. But then over here, the heirs get the money from the insurance in the insurance trust so they're not losing out. 
Um, this type of approach I, I used to call the one-two combination against the IRS. The first punch swung is the left jab, and that is creating the charitable remainder trust. The second one is the uppercut with the right fist, which is the insurance trust. And boom, when the person dies, the IRS gets nothing from the charitable trust because it's a charity. It's all going to charity. And then the uppercut, boom, when the person dies, the life insurance trust pays out the life insurance to the trust, not to the taxable estate of the person. So it's not even able to be tagged by the IRS for federal estate tax. And the creditors can't touch it either. It can be a very powerful combination if it's used with the right assets and, more importantly, if it's used and the people using it are, in fact, insurable and can get the level of insurance that they'd want to actually put into an insurance trust to offset the value of the asset they have donated to the charitable trust. So that's a pretty, that's a more esoteric kind of planning that I do. It's not for everybody. I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. But in the right set of circumstances, it can be incredibly powerful. Now, I'm coming up soon on the uh, third break for the show before we head into the final segment. And I thought I would at least introduce uh, or actually talk to you about a special type of planning I do for those of us who have minor children, which includes me. I have 10-year-old twin daughters. They're the loves of my life. Uh, They keep me older and younger at the same time. But one of the things I'm concerned about as a parent, if something happens to me and my wife, what's going to happen to my kids in the short term? What's going to happen to them in the longer term? Well, I do a special type of planning called the Children's Legacy Plan. And the Children's Legacy Plan has a series of specially drafted legal documents designed to deal with the short-term and longer-term care needs of those of us who have minor children. In the short term, a document that designates and names temporary caretakers that we've personally vetted as okay to temporarily take custody of our kids if something happens to us. This is in preference to having the Child Protective Services take custody of our kids and put them into foster care for a while. I don't want that to happen. I think most parents would not want that to happen. I do have a number of clients who actually are from other parts of the world or the country, and they don't have anybody locally. This type of planning can be very effective for keeping their kids out of the foster care system. You can have a nomination of guardians, so you name who you want to raise your kids. You can have a confidential exclusion of guardians. So if there's family members you would not want, you can put down in writing who you would not want and why you would not want them. And then also a medical power of attorney for your kids so someone can make medical and health care decisions for them if you're not able to at that time. So we're finishing up the third segment now. Uh, in the final segment, I'm going to talk about the Retirement Plan Trust And if I have time, a little bit about the Irrevocable Pure Grantor Trust. So I'll talk with you after the break. This is attorney Bob Bergman. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Uh, welcome back for the final segment of the show. Uh, I want to remind you all I do have my Living Trust Seminar and my Retirement Plan Trust Seminar set for tomorrow morning in my office here in San Jose. Uh, first one starts at 9 o'clock. The other one starts at 11 o'clock. Um, again, if you want to register for that, you can go to my website at lawbob.com and follow the prompts for the seminars. That will take you to a calendar. You can select the one you want to register for, which will pull you into eventbrite.com. And at Eventbrite, you can actually register through there for one of the seminars, and then you can go back and register for the second seminar if you'd like to attend both of the seminars tomorrow morning. Uh, You can also go directly to eventbrite.com and search for uh, the Living Trust Seminar or the Retirement Plan Trust Seminar uh, and search for tomorrow's date, um, you know, search for January uh, 5th, and that should tell you um, that should tell you what's available on that date, and you'll be able to register that way. Now, touching briefly on uh, the other type of uh, planning that I do, one of the other types is the Retirement Plan Trust, which is designed to actually be the beneficiary of someone's retirement plan when they die rather than naming someone directly as a beneficiary. The reason for this is the same reason that I do the castle trust planning in the standard living trust plan that I do, which is to have someone's retirement plan that's being inherited by um, a family member, typically you know, by a child or someone like that, to make sure that that inherited IRA, which is what it's called, actually has asset protection from things that could come against the person inheriting it. Uh, my retirement plan trust seminar goes into great detail on this, the differences between qualified retirement plans and inherited IRAs. But one of the things that everyone needs to realize in reference to retirement plans that you're leaving to somebody is that um, how they handle that plan once they get access to it can determine whether or not it was a blessing or a curse to have it left directly to them. I think retirement plans should probably not be left directly to people, but should be left through the medium of a retirement plan trust, because that can provide a level of protection, a wall or a barrier, if you will, between the individual's own finances and personal life, and then the retirement monies left to them. Um, Basically, the retirement plan trust is a castle built around the retirement plan that protects creditors from going after that retirement plan, creditors of the beneficiary from getting to the retirement plan so it could be taken away from the beneficiary. And that's essentially what the retirement plan trust is about. Um, I will have a whole uh, section on the retirement plan trust in my consumer guide. And you can also see uh, my seminar Uh, Just to let you know, also, versions of my Living Trust Seminar and my Retirement Plan Trust Seminar are available at my YouTube channel, Law Offices of Robert P. Bergman. Uh, You can go view them there. They're shorter than my live seminar, but they hit the major points. Uh, My Living Trust Seminar is about four years old, but the general 
uh, ideas have not changed in four years. Um, it's turned out to be very popular. I have over 48,000 views for that seminar. Uh, you have a chance to be the next viewer there if you want to go there. Uh, for people who would rather come and experience the seminar live, I do it live in my office. Uh, if you have an organization that you think might benefit from a seminar on living trust planning or special planning for retirement plan assets, you can also contact me at radio at Law Bob. Let me know you'd like to talk with me about coming out to your group. I've done seminars for churches. I've done seminars for um, social groups. I've done seminars at, um, at schools. I've done seminars at community centers. If there's a group that you have that you think might benefit from having a live seminar where people can get educated and can ask questions of an experienced estate planning attorney such as myself, please feel free to contact me, radio at Law Bob, or call me at 408-247-0444. I will be very happy to talk with you about how I can come out and educate your group or educate your congregation or even educate a large family group meeting in someone's living room. I've done that as well two or three times over the years. So feel free to call me if that's something that would be of benefit to you. Now, we're coming up on the end of the show today. Uh, I've used this time together to kind of share, again, my background, um, what kinds of things I do as an estate planning attorney. I approach my practice uh, as an estate planning attorney and counselor. I do a lot of counseling of my clients, counseling about their family issues, counseling about the concerns they have with passing property on in the right way. And so I consider myself to be a counselor at least as much as just a pure technician as an estate planning attorney. The show's winding up today. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you want to come to my seminar, go to Eventbrite, look up Living Trust Seminar, Retirement Plan Trust Seminar. And uh, hopefully there's still space available in both those seminars. So this is your chance to, to get in and come in and hear me speak and get some questions answered for you and your family. So until next week, uh, this is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, Plan Your State Radio. Talk with you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, where you'll also find information on his upcoming estate planning seminars. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.